0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Hooligan Report. I'm your host, as always, SM, and joining me tonight, I have Cookson. Howdy. And we also have Jats. Hey, hey. Champions elect just about, Jats. So how, how does it feel? Uh,
1: it feels surreal, to be honest. Um, every time I, I get to a moment and I have to stop and think and actually realise that I'm not kind of dreaming it, it's actually happening. So, uh, yeah, there are times where it's, um, I, yeah... Cannot believe it's actually occurring, but uh, after the results on the weekend, it seems just about uh, almost guaranteed.
0: As a supporter of a club probably of similar stature or size of Leicester, obviously without any any significant history like Leicester have, I can sort of sort of understand what it would feel like. But I mean, it must be something else to actually be experiencing it, especially after um, quite a few seasons of, of Championship football. Were you supporting the club the last time they were in the Premier League?
1: Uh, I was, but we didn't have Foxtel back then, so I used right. to kind of read the paper every week and, and see the scores, so uh, it's a little bit different these days with being able to follow it live and being able to watch it and all the rest, but uh, yeah, used to keep an eye out on the scores uh, on the Monday morning.
0: Yep, absolutely, yeah. Um, what sort of expectations do you have already for next season? Is there any expectation? Is there any sort of sense that, you know, if you if you lost all six Champions League matches huge scores, would that would that dampen it at all, or is it just sort of enjoying the ride and, and not really caring what happens? I think it's enjoying the ride, to be honest. I uh, yeah, to be completely honest, I haven't had uh, much thought
1: for next season yet. I've um kind of been so what? caught up in this season still.
2: Yeah. I
1: mean, it's been it's been good knowing that we've got Champions League, and then on the weekend we're able to um we kind of flopped in top two, which is a massive achievement in itself. Um, so, yeah, just just still enjoying the ride at the moment. There's a lot of water to go into the bridge with transfers and things like that before we have to worry about Champions League and all the rest. So, uh, yeah, just taking it one week at a time to use the old cliche. It
0: was it was funny. I actually saw a clip from, uh, I think it was the second match of the day of the season. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, where Linica was interviewing Ranieri. And Ranieri was basically saying, oh, look, you know, we're, we're taking it slowly. We're just about securing Premier League survival. And Linica said, oh, you know, so there's no ambitions for, for Champions League or even Europa League. And and Ranieri basically laughed and said, no, 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 not at this stage. The owners want us to go quite quickly, but it's going to be a slow process. We're going to slowly, you know, stabilise the club as a Premier League club and then maybe think about challenging in the upper reaches. But, boy, it's, it's turned around very quickly for you guys. It's
2: all happened very quickly. <laughs> I, um...
1: Uh, I have seen the video and all the rest, and to be honest, I was completely with them. Um, I think Ranieri should be really applauded for that. He's kind of set. Um, we we kind of yeah, he harped on about the forty points for quite a while, um, even when we were up the top, kind of with twenty points and with twenty-five points, he was still adamant that we were just getting to forty, and then we would set new targets. Yeah. And I think um, throughout the season, that's been really good to get the to get the team grounded and all the rest, and not kind of. Um, there, there was a chance, and I think people expected it, including myself, as the season went on, that we'd kind of get our heads caught up in the clouds a little bit and we'd start to fall off and all the rest. But I think he's done superbly well at um, just kind of setting small targets and, and probably keeping them looking at the the next match rather than um, the fact that we're currently sitting first on the table in February or in, or in March, um, especially after games like the Man City away game and stuff when it would have been so easy for us to... Um, Get a little, not maybe not complacent, but um, just kind of think that we would, it would just happen for us. Um, but I think he's worked him really hard, and to be fair, the, the team have responded really well to that. So it's been a hell of a season, that's for sure.
0: It's been amazing. I mean, it, it, even the attitude of the fans at the ground have been have been pretty incredible. I, I know even even recently at games, uh, there's been chance of "We are staying up," which is is good humour, I think, in this sort of situation, and it is something that that the English do quite well with that sort of humour. I'll bring Cookson in here, but there was a discussion on the board today about who should uh, be considered the manager of the season or or the best manager for this season. Um, And I'll start with Cookson, I guess, because I I suspect I know Jats's answer, but um, when you compare the achievements of of managers such as Simeone uh, to Ranieri uh, and other managers who've who've had quite uh, decent seasons... Who, who do you see as being sort of the manager of this season?
2: Well, oh, it's kind of difficult, because you can't really... I mean, I probably would give it to Raineri, but it's a close one, because you also have... uh, was it? Pochettino, who did an incredible job with yep. Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, we can't deny that. I mean, That would be league winners pretty much in most other seasons, with the four big clubs failing.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, you also... No, Koeman's done very well again this season. He's kept consistency going.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, it shouldn't be overstated uh, or understated, I should say, uh, the impact that Koeman's had at Southampton because when you consider the, the calibre of the players, they seem to lose season on season. I mean, just in the last off season, you had Schneiderlin moving to United um, and, and a few other players um, going in different directions and, and players like Jay Rodriguez, who's had a good impact for them in the past, out with a knee injury and only just now getting back into the side... Coman, um, I mean Southampton's just that sort of club where uh, you don't know what what could really impact them because they just seem to keep losing players but seem to keep sort of that stable top ten position. Yep,
2: yeah. and then especially when you compare it to, well, Wenger, who's pretty much had a terrible season as manager, Van Hal who's had a weird season, Jose, <laughs> who again probably just had one of those years, and Pellegrini, who's again, probably failed.
0: So uh, I'll throw it over to Jats, and I've probably got the obvious answer, but I do want you to try and justify. So what what exactly is it about this season and, and the context of the achievements that really sort of puts Ranieri head and shoulders about, above the other managers?
1: Well, you, well, to start with, you'd say five thousand and one to one is a good place <laughs> to start. Um, I mean, it's just, I don't think everyone, and... I mean, kind of everyone had kind of, in, in the media, especially with all the experts, had written us off and kind of said that Ranieri was a poor choice for, for manager um, and that we were likely going back down kind of straight away. Some of the, some of them had his 20th. Um, and I think Ranieri actually took over us late into the preseason as well. So it wasn't as though he came in kind of straight after the season or anything. He actually came in about a couple of months um, kind of after you might expect him to. Have. Um and I think what he's just been able to do with that squad, I mean, everybody knows the limitations with the finances compared to um, City. Like, when we played City, um, Otter Mendy cost as much as our whole squad put together. Yeah. Look at Mares. Mares costs 400000 and he's um, just become Player of the Year. So um, it's not all Ranieri, obviously, but he's played a massive part in it. I'm
0: trying to think. So Pearson made, made most of your signings over this summer. W- what... What players were, which players were recruited by Ranieri? Because obviously, as you say, he came in quite late in the preseason. Funnily enough, pretty much all the
1: failures. Kante um, <laughs> was, was targeted before Ranieri, um, but he was signed after Ranieri joined. So I don't know, I think we were already looking at him regardless. Um, but then you look at Inla and Ben um, Benaleon, whatever his name is, um, he came in as well. And uh, yeah, they, they both, I mean, Inla doesn't even make the squad anymore, and he's the Swiss captain. And then you've got um, Benny, who ended up back on loan in Italy. Um, so his signings, funnily enough, haven't actually done any good at all. But uh, yeah, which plays Gray. well. For, well, it's interesting for next season, I suppose.
0: Grace been yes. Grace looked promising at least. Sorry, sorry, Cookson, I do not indicate you. Grace looked interesting Oops. for you at least in, in, in January. Um, yeah, sorry, Cookson. Also, said it's kind
2: of interesting and a bit funny as well that. You could argue say the heroes of this season for Leicester have been the players who got busted in Thailand for doing the things <laughs> at the beginning because they sacked Pearson afterwards.
0: Well, w- was it somebody on the board was making the point that that almost the starting point for the movie could be you know in a in a dodgy hotel room in Thailand, the son of the manager getting you know getting up to no good and 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 that's sort of the catalyst for the story. I mean, you could argue that that the story really starts a few months earlier when when whatever it was that's kind of. It's that West Ham match. When you look back on it, that West Ham match where you got the ninetieth minute winner. I think it was. I can't actually remember who scored the goal. To be honest, I think it was it King or someone like that. It was. It was one of those um, bit part players got the winning goal. I think, um, and that sort of set, like, was the catalyst for your for your run to survival, and, and that sort of kick-started it all. But can you can you remember Jats, who, who was it? Who scored that that goal against West Ham? You're talking last season. Yeah. Was it, was it that yeah, West Ham King? Yeah, it was King, I think. Yeah, King? Uh, it was...
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was West Ham. It was definitely laid on. I think... It, yeah, it was King, I think. I think Cambiasso put a free kick in and he knocked in the uh, rebound.
0: No idea how I remember that. No idea how I remember that. I think I was actually at, um out in the city watching... Hull might have been playing Swansea or someone like that. So I do, and I think they had the uh, the West Ham game in the background and there were a few West Ham supporters there watching the game and I was actually cheering on West Ham to, to help our survival and they thought I was being ironic and, and I think I was, I was getting in a bit of trouble <laughs> with them because they, they thought I was winding them up. But yeah, I don't know why I remember that. But well, we'll move on to your successes from this this uh, round of fixtures and you had a 4-0 win over Swansea and, and I guess it kind of... Cast aside all of those doubts that you can, you know, you struggle without Vardy. I, I remember seeing stats before the game of the winning percentage without Vardy in the side, um, and there was concerns that you wouldn't be able to get the job done without him playing. Uh, and you kind of swept that aside with a nice four-nil win. So, so talk us through that one.
1: Yeah, it looked easy in the end, didn't it? Um, I think the concerns were probably real. Um, not so much in a. I mean, the defence was all still set, so wasn't too concerned about leaking goals, but obviously, I mean, Vardy's been incredible this season, not just in scoring, um, but also he plays such a big part from uh, defending up top as well. Um, so there were obviously concerns kind of going in, A, whether we'd be able to score. I mean, Okazaki's not been prolific by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and then B, I guess, defending from the top, which is, it's so important for the way we set up. Um but I, I found it a little bit uh, interesting, I guess. we've, I mean, we've only lost three times all season, and yet for some reason all the pressure was on us. Um, I guess because Vardy was out, which makes a little bit of sense. But I, I was compared to like the Southampton game or the West Ham game, I wasn't as worried with Swansea. I think partly because they've got nothing to play for anymore, which certainly yeah. helps. And, and that turned out to kind of be the case on the weekend again. Uh, we kind of had that experience at the back end of last season in staying up when we played um, Southampton and Swansea, when you're coming up against sides that've got nothing to play for anymore, and sometimes the heads are on the beach, you can get quite good results. But Yzo was fantastic on the weekend, um, and I couldn't be happier for him. He's he's not um, not a mainstay in the first eleven, but since we signed him, he was signed on kind of big money at the time, eight million. But I remember when he started that uh, yeah. season last season, he scored vital goals for us that in the end proved completely important and and helped keep us up. And then to have him come in when people were kind of doubting that we'd be able to score and him to get a, a brace, um, yeah, could not be happier for him. He's been such a great club end for us. And um, and once again, he's kind of bobbed up with really important goals for the club. So uh, it, was a, it was a really good performance. Didn't look like conceding at all. Um, the defence was as solid as ever. And uh, yeah, we, from an attacking sense, it was nice to be able to put more than uh, a 1-0 win on the board.
0: Well, I was going to say, I mean, Yujo is sort of the forgotten man because he, he was scoring quite important goals at the start of last season before Vardy hit his straps. And um, I think there was even talk later on last season of him heading back to Brighton, at least on loan. Um, so he's certainly had a bit of a roller coaster in his time at Leicester. Um, Cookson, how did you see this one? Obviously, it's a, it's a significant result for Leicester. Um, what were your thoughts on it?
2: Well, again, you could probably say that Swansea there pretty much gone head in the sand uh, thinking of something else but it's probably employment and a statement of intent to Tottenham Hotspur to say win 4-0 lay down a marker and probably it probably did psychologically affect Spurs a bit because if it was 1-0 they'd say oh yeah still on the chance but a 4-0 just really you know kind of confirms that they're going to be champions
0: Well, it certainly did have a, arguably had a psychological effect on Spurs, who who could only draw 1-1 with West Brom, which effectively means that Leicester only need three points um, over their last three games to secure that title. Um, Funnily enough, it was Dawson scoring at both ends for West Brom, Uh, and I think it's 10 10 games. What was the stat about uh, West Brom at home against Spurs? It's been quite a while since um, Spurs have managed to get a win over them, so... Um, I can't remember what the exact stat was, but it, it sounds as if they've got a bit of a of a streak over Spurs in that one. But um, interesting that that Spurs didn't actually score a goal in this game. It was it was a West Brom uh, defender scoring the own goal, and it wasn't even really from uh, a decisive attack by Spurs. It was really just sort of bundled in from a corner. Um, but how did you see this one, Cookson? Ugh.
2: Probably close game cagey game, but against, no, Spurs didn't look maybe as good as what they did in previous games, The yeah, just probably arguably cost them the title, just one bad game.
0: It's amazing that pressure that, that Leicester puts on them just by, by continuously winning games. Um, did you watch this one, Jets, and were you sort of... Uh... Anxious as you watched it, was there sort of that sort of pressure that you were hoping for, um, obviously hoping for a West Brom result?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. To be honest, I, um, I mean, after our result, I I didn't expect Spurs to drop points there by any stretch. I think um, I was more looking forward to the Chelsea game next week in the hope that they would kind of drop points. Um, but by chance, the game was kind of on at about six when I was getting up for work and um, it kind of working up and seen that they'd gone 1-0 up n- by a known goal and kind of didn't think too much of it. Um, the only thing I was thinking was they hadn't got the second, which West Brom are a team that you are uh, you're never really safe against because they they just seem like one of those teams that would score from a, a set piece or something like that. Um, they're real, I mean they're really dogged in defence and all the rest. So and, and I'm basing that on the fact that they took points off us uh, yeah. two months ago and everyone kind of uh, mentioned at the time that that was two points dropped, but they've proven again that they're a hard team to kind of break down and play against. So. Um, but, yeah, funnily enough, as I was getting ready for work, I saw, um, saw the goal go in and ended up sitting there a bit longer than I probably should have <laughs> watching the end of the game. And uh, I, I said I wasn't nervous to begin with, but those last 15 minutes, I was kind of counting down, yeah, real real nervous. And then, um, yeah, w- when the full-time whistle went, and it kind of dawned on me that that was pretty much it. It was uh, – I was running around the house, jumping <laughs> around like a madman.
0: Well, I think, like the comments on the board have said, it would be good if um – if you're able to actually celebrate the title next week, or this weekend, I should say, whether it's with a win or whatever it is, knowing that you've actually won the title rather than Chelsea knocking off Spurs the following day and that sort of being the confirmation that you've won the title. It would be good for the Leicester players to be able to celebrate on the pitch, I suspect. Yeah, I I
1: would say so. Um, I I mean, I really hope we go out and beat United, to be honest. I don't know what will happen, but... Uh, I think Vardy would have been excellent in that uh, in the fixture coming up, but obviously we don't have him, so um, it would be ideal to kind of be able to do it ourselves. Um, but I mean, if we win the title because Chelsea beat Tottenham, then we'll, then so be it. I <laughs> I never ever thought I would, never thought I would ever watch Leicester win the Premier League. I mean, you dream about this stuff, yeah, yeah, but you kind of sit back and go, that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. And yet, here we are in this amazing season, and uh, if it takes a Chelsea defeat, even if we lose to United, if it takes a Chelsea defeat, so be it. Yeah.
0: It's the sort of thing you achieve on FIFA, but it's never something that you expect to actually happen, I suspect. Um, a couple of sides that, that are fighting at the other end of the table, in Newcastle and Sunderland, both achieved draws against Liverpool and Arsenal. Um I'll get both your opinions on this. Who you're seeing as the most likely to survive the relegation battle? I mean, Norwich, Sunderland, and Newcastle are all keeping it quite tight and, and suspect it will go down to the final day.
2: Uh, I think Newcastle probably will. I mean, they have Crystal Palace, three-point game's big. They have Aston Villa, so potentially six points there. Then, if they win both those games, I would say they're safe but if you just compare what Sunderland have then they have Stoke interesting uh, Crystal Palace again interesting and then Sunderland have Everton away so or Everton at home so I'm thinking uh, Newcastle United will probably just escape
0: what are your thoughts Chats? uh yeah i think newcastle as well
1: um i watched their game on the weekend and uh, i saw them go 2-0 down and um based on watching newcastle over the last couple of seasons you you just assume that they had a drop and it'd be a pretty comfortable win for for liverpool but uh to their credit they they kind of fought back which is something that they haven't really shown um especially in the last couple of seasons it's i mean it comes down to the the Villa and Crystal Palace game, it, it, it is essential that they take six points from that, anything less, and I don't think they stay up. Uh, and even if they win both, there's a fair chance that they um, they may still go down. They do have Tottenham in the last round as well, and if the title's already decided by then, um, Tottenham are already missing uh, Ali and possibly um, Eric Dyer as well, so um, it's possible that they may get Tottenham when they're weak as well, um, but they must, draws are no longer good enough for Newcastle. Um, I think Norwich is definitely down. I can't see them staying up, so I think it's between Newcastle and Sunderland.
0: It certainly will be interesting to see if Spurs have sort of locked away second place uh, and then obviously can't fight for the title. Uh, what sort of lineup Spurs put out on that final day? And I know, speaking from experience, when last season Newcastle played West Ham on the final day, and I think the West Ham players hadn't trained all week and they'd been off ho- holidaying during the week or last the weekend before, and my head just sort of dropped because you just know that the team isn't really... Focused on the match, and if Spurs have that sort of attitude going into the final day, I suspect Sunderland and Norwich fans' heads will similarly drop, because um, you'd sort of back Newcastle to get that get the result in that sort of fixture. And I mean, they have a decent record against Spurs to begin with. So, um, yeah, I think I think focus now is going to shift towards that relegation battle now that Leicester have essentially sewn up the title. But we'll we'll look ahead now to those fixtures, and and we've already touched on it slightly, but. Obviously, your mobs going up against each other potentially to decide the title. And if we'd if we'd said that at the start of the season, it would be the uh, the old the, the Red Devils at um, Old Trafford that you'd expect to be securing the title. But instead, it's the plucky uh, Blue Foxes. Um, but how do you guys see this match, Cookson? I'll start with you. If Leicester win the title at Old Trafford, will you be upset?
2: Well, yes, but probably <laughs> because we're gonna not get top four.
0: Fair enough. Well, do, you, but do you, I mean, what what is it like supporting one of those bigger clubs in this sort of season? Do you look on Leicester and kind of feel frustrated that um, in a season where the other big sides have sort of struggled that you didn't seize the opportunity, or do you just sort of admire Leicester for what they've managed?
2: Well, again, it's a bit of both. Like, you have to admire Leicester for what they've done, but there's also sheer frustration because... United have dropped some ridiculous points this year. I mean win those we're walking away with this title. we're probably it by you know a few weeks ago. I
0: mean it's
2: just so annoying knowing that you know lose to Norwich, lose to Sunderland, drew against Newcastle twice. I mean it's all those some teams we should be beating as well, so just annoying.
0: Well, it's certainly how I feel about Hull's season. We've dropped a lot of points, and you look at um, Barra, Brighton, and Bur- and uh, Burnley all, all fighting for that uh, automatic spots, and, and you think, you know, if you add back those drop points, then all of a sudden it's a very different looking season. Um, Jats, winning the title at Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams, what would that be like?
1: Oh, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, it? It'd certainly become the Theatre of Dreams for us. I uh, saw, um, saw a picture this morning, actually, of um, two Schmeichels, and uh, it kind of mentioned that Peter might be able to see Sun win it at Old Trafford, which would be obviously be really special. Um, oh, look, I, I would love to win this game. I suspect that we may eke out a draw, um, but, I mean, you never know. We're, we'll be well up for it. I don't think there'll be... Um, uh, I mean, there will be no motivation issues with the squad this week. They know what's on the line. Um, I think they would probably prefer, as we've kind of touched on, to, to kind of win the title themselves rather than have to wait and see if Chelsea beat Tottenham. So um, I suspect we'll go all out for the win. Uh, and he's hoping uh, we can get it.
0: I suspect with the way that this Leicester side has played this season, that if they score an early goal, this could be an absolute avalanche because... They're the sort of side that when they've got their tails up and they've got that confidence uh, that basically, you know, no side can withstand their pressure. You just look at what they did at Man City um, and it's just, it's incredible to watch sometimes with the way they play. And Marez scoring against Swansea probably bodes well. He's got his he's got his eye in. He might be able to bang a few more goals away at Old Trafford and who knows, there might be a 5-0 instead of a 5-3 scoreline <laughs> at the end of this one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you have to beat De off. The Gea does not concede on Sundays.
0: <laughs> like We're not quite last season.
2: <laughs> Sorry?
1: We're not quite <laughs> passing
2: last season. Yeah, but he's in much better form this season. He's like the final boss in a video game, really.
0: It'd be interesting to see, actually, because, I mean, it depends whether United are in the mood to sort of really put up... a I mean, I suppose, yeah, you did make the point. You've got top four on the line, so it's not a sort of... It's You're not a Chelsea who would sort of roll over for Leicester. Um, there is a lot riding on the game for United, so it, it will be a very interesting game in that sense um, because I suspect what is... It, so, I don't, The points... Oh, you'd, you, even if you lost that one, you'd still be in with a shot at fourth, but it would obviously become quite difficult.
2: Yeah, and also so, we are coming off back of a pretty good FA Cup win as well.
0: Well, I did want to touch on that. Um, obviously knocked off Everton in the FA Cup courtesy of a, of a late goal to Martial. Um, what does it mean to United supporters to make the FA Cup final this season? It's obviously been a little while since um, since a trophy in that cabinet at, at Old Trafford. Um, so heading into the final against a Crystal Palace side that similarly got past Watford with a, a late-ish goal... Um, What are your thoughts for the final? I'm pretty Pretty good, good.
2: considering we haven't been in an FA Cup final since 2007. And we haven't won it for 12 years, so it'd be nice to get a good... nice to get a first post-Ferguson trophy in the cabinet, and it'll be good for the players, and just Anthony Martial, what a player. Just tore Everton a new Arsenal came in, provided a beautiful last-minute winner, you know, Fergie times back
0: it will be very interesting yeah. as w- it will be very interesting as well though with um the last 3 FA Cup finalists uh in Wigan, Hull and Aston Villa have all been relegated um either the season of or the season following their appearance in the FA Cup finals so uh it'd be interesting to see which of Palace and United get relegated next season <laughs> depends on uh on whether van hal sticks around who knows it could be United drifting down the table um would be interesting. I like
2: it, Jose. Yin. all aboard the, the <laughs> Mendez train.
0: Um, we'll we'll switch back to the uh, the Premier League and Everton play Bournemouth in uh, one of the Saturday night fixtures. There's no early game this weekend. Um, Everton knocked out by United in that FA Cup match. Um, pretty much, uh, running on borrowed time is is uh, Roberto Martinez. Would you say, Jets?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, after the uh. Well, I mean, they had the debacle at Liverpool. Um, I'd kind of seen that scoreline and just assumed that he must have played a weakened squad for the upcoming semi-final. And then when I actually saw who he played, I couldn't believe how easy they were p- kind of pulled apart. So uh, I would suggest his tenure is definitely done. That Everson side, they are severely underperforming considering it's probably their best side in, in a decade. Um, it's an interesting game, this. It's a bit of a nothing game, to be honest. Bournemouth have really struggled in recent times as well. Um... And even though they're kind of safe, you you wouldn't really want to limp to the line if you were them. Um, it is, I can see it going one of two ways, to be honest. I reckon it's either going to be really dour with not much attacking, or both defences have, have leaked goals at times as well. So it's possible we could see a high scoring game. For the neutral sake, I hope it's the high scoring one.
0: Well, it's amazing because they're level on points. There's actually four teams level on 41 points. So um, if nothing else, there'll be pride on the line for uh, trying to finish a bit higher than those sides for Everton. But but as you say, they've been severely underperforming this season, and really only an FA Cup final or even an FA Cup win would have basically saved Martinez, I suspect. Um, Cookson, how do you see this one and, and Martinez's future at Everton?
2: Bournemouth, probably the win. 2-0. Martinez, gets sacked. <laughs> Sharpen the th- knives.
0: You think they'll sack him before the end of the season?
2: He'll probably depart by mutual consent after the Game 38.
0: Who do you... I mean, we, I posed the question to Cruyff and um, Boyan last week, but who do you guys see as a likely candidate at Everton to take over? I mean, they
2: kind of need someone who can bring defensive rigidity back. So, I mean, Moyes, you know, bring <laughs> him back in.
0: <laughs> I think Cruyff suggested that one. I, I can't quite see that happening. I just don't know if the, uh, the fans would welcome him back. Um... Who do you reckon, Jats?
1: I'd heard Moy is floated, but I don't know it's a good move, to be honest. I, I, I don't know going backwards is going to help them move forwards. Um, as for who to take over, it's a really good question. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. If I was them, especially with this takeover, I'd probably try and get someone like a Pellegrini or someone yeah. who's, um they may not have been able to target before, but with if they've got investment coming in, they might be able to convince him. I mean, he, he's kind of living up near that area anyway of England. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd be trying to go a little bit... I certainly wouldn't be going back to Moyes. Um, I'd probably
2: be trying to lure someone uh, with a little bit better credentials. I mean, Frank it... The ball
0: could be a chance. Oh yeah. Possibly. I did see Pellegrini's name being floated around and a few people kind of laughing at the suggestion that he'd go there. But it'd be a good shout. I mean, the level of investment that they should be getting for next season... Uh, and the money that they should have available for spending, um, should they should be looking to attract someone like um, like Pellegrini. I don't think they'll uh, go for. I think it was Cruyff suggested last week. I don't know if you guys heard, but he he suggested that Steve Bruce might be a candidate there. And I think Boyan and I couldn't quite stop laughing at that one. But uh, I think if he ended up there, it'd be uh, it'd be very interesting times at at uh, Goodison Park. But yeah. um, another club that um, has appointed quite a um, Above their station manager, I suppose you could say, is Newcastle with um, Benitez, and they, they face Crystal Palace. We've already touched on this game slightly, but it, it's certainly a must-win for Newcastle, I would suspect. Um, Cookson, how do you see this one?
2: Oof. Ugh. Oh. Newcastle. Ugh. Crystal Palace has been out of form for a while, haven't they? I mean, uh, it's probably a nil-all draw, really. But I hope Newcastle wins.
0: I wonder if Pardew would do them a favour against his old mob, but yeah, I mean, Palace have been quite out of form lately. Um, Chats, what do you reckon?
1: Massive game, isn't it? Um, I I think Newcastle will win this. I think Benitez has instilled some confidence in that squad which has been sorely missing. I, I'm so desperate for Newcastle to do well as well. I would love to see Benitez in the Premier League with them next season, especially with all the other big managers coming in as well. They obviously not they won't, wouldn't be challenging for the title or anything like that, but they'd cause a few headaches, I would think, if he if he kind of got to spend uh, a bit of coin on who he wanted to bring in. Um, I think Crystal Palace is in one of those spots that we kind of touched on earlier where they don't really have that much to play for at the moment for the rest of the season. They've obviously got the FA Cup, but as far as the league goes, they're not getting relegated. Um, and they're not really, I mean, they're not chasing Europe or anything like that. So Newcastle will have a lot more on the line. Um, and I reckon they will probably win. I'm going to say 3 1 there.
0: Yeah, I'm backing Newcastle for the win in this one. And I agree. I think Palace will be more focused on tinkering with the side for the um, FA Cup final. So. I'm not too sure if they're going to be too bothered with this match. Um, especially us. I, I do think Pardew might sort of take it a bit easy on his old mob. Um, so it be an interesting one. And, and on that Benitez point, I do agree. It'd be so good to watch the Premier League next season with all of those big-name managers there where you've got, you know, your Benitez, your Guardiola, <clears throat> Mourinho, um, all sort of, Klopp as well. I mean, all sort of at these bigger clubs. Um, would certainly make for a decent set of personalities to to watch next season. Um, Stoke up against Sunderland is probably the other one where Stoke also they've got their heads at the beach already um, Sunderland needing points for survival I think Stoke have lost their last three games 4-0 on each occasion um, Sunderland away at Stoke do you see them getting the win Jats? Oh it's
1: a good question isn't it? Stoke have been uh, yeah as you say they've completely switched off. I do worry about Sunderland's ability to score for them um, I mean, I know they came up against Arsenal last time, but without Defoe firing, I mean, Barini shoots, but he shoots really poorly. Um, watch, I mean, we, I watched the game against us not that long ago, and they really could have kind of drawn that game at the very least with some of the chances they got. Um, but again, they're in a Newcastle situation where they simply have to win this. Um, they are coming up against a team that's not kind of playing for anything anymore. Uh, And anything less than three points could prove pivotal in them staying up or going down. So I I actually think this might be a draw, this one.
0: Cookson?
2: Sunderland to win 1-0 by a jammy thing. It's what they always do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the worry is that Newcastle will draw against Palace and then Sunderland will get a very jammy goal against Stoke because that's always the way it seems to go and Sunderland seem to always get that little bit of luck that keeps them up. But certainly hoping that uh, Stoke can get the result in that one. Um, Watford at home to Villa, and we do need to touch on just how woeful Villa continue to be. I mean, I think it was the last podcast talking about Les Scott and uh, talking about the fact that he said that the weight was off their shoulders, relegation was confirmed, and they could now go out and reward the fans for the season. I don't know what there is to reward them for. I suppose their loyalty and continuing to watch the utter tripe that was getting served up. Um, but they just continue to serve up more tripe. I mean, the defending against Southampton was just absolutely woeful for the goals. I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights or or watched the game, but I mean, oh, Shane Long was able to just stroll in and and even when he, I think he missed a chance against Guzan, and then was able to just square it up for Tadic, and they just continue to just look absolutely dreadful at Aston Villa. Um, so you'd think that Watford would get the points here. I just, I just can't see, I just can't see Villa keeping anyone out and keeping a clean sheet. Um, How do you see this one, Jets? Uh,
1: It definitely won't be a game for the ages, that's for sure. Uh, Watford have only got one win in their last six, and, well, Villa have got no wins in their last six. Uh, (laughs) Don't even have a solitary point, so... um, Yeah, I don't get the Lescott thing. If you're a supporter of that club, you must be pulling your hair out with him. Um, Just one of those odd kind of players that come out and say stupid things, I guess. The... uh, Seeing the Villa games at the moment at home, that that club's in a big, big trouble spot. Um, just seeing the, the hatred some of those fans have got, booing players every time they touch the ball, um, they're in a really bad spot, Villa. I do worry for them. I think it'd be very possible for them to, to go down twice in a row. Watford, uh, I mean, they're struggling as well. They're kind of probably similar to Bournemouth, I guess. They've kind of hit that um, avoided relegation goal. Uh, and then seems to have fallen off a cliff a little bit. Aguilar kind of stopped scoring. Dini's probably stopped scoring a little bit as well. Um, but at home, you should expect that they would beat Villa, I would think. So from maybe
0: 1-0. Cookson?
2: There are games that don't matter, and this is one of them. <laughs> so, Watford, 1-0. Nobody to care about this.
0: <laughs> sure. Um, West Brom up against West Ham. I mean... Approaching that status of, of a game that doesn't have much significance. I mean, West Ham are pretty much out of that race for for top four, you would think. They're three points behind United, but, I mean, they could still try and challenge for that fifth spot, I suppose, for Europa. Um, though I think because City won the Euro- the League Cup, they'll get Europa in sixth spot as well, I suspect. I think that's how it works. Um, West Ham to win this one pretty comfortably. I mean, West Brom, as we were talking about before, they're... They're a difficult side to play, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to call this one. Uh, Cookson?
2: West Ham, 2-0.
0: Simple as that. Chats?
1: Yeah, West Ham are a funny side. For every result they get like away at Leicester and away at Tottenham, this would be exactly the kind of game you'd expect them to get done 3-0 somehow. Um, I think West Ham probably still harbour... They've played a game less than Arsenal and City. Um, if they win that game in hand, they'll only be five points behind. It's a big ask to catch up that five points with only three games left, though. So I think you're probably right in that the top four dream is probably done. But, I mean, they really should be fighting it out to the end at the very least. Um, I think Andy Carroll's been in good form. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say 2-0 West Ham with a Carroll brace.
0: Do you guys think the Carroll should be heading off to the Euros? No. I do. <laughs> Whoa, well, that's good. So, so what do you think he should go, Jets?
1: I think uh, I think he adds something completely different to the strikers that they're going to take. Um, so Vardy and Kane and Sturridge, they're all slightly different players, but in the sense they're all pretty similar at the same time as well. So I think if England are kind of coming up, I don't I don't think Andy Carroll's fourth best striker in England or anything like that. Um, but I think if they're chasing a goal late in the game. Uh, and they need to play long ball, having Carroll in the box would be really helpful. Um, So I don't think he should start games in the Euros or anything like that, but I just think the point of difference he could create, um, I I think it'd be, especially with, I mean, you've got, like, Klein in the back line, you've got Danny Rose. These are players that can cross the ball really well. Um, And at the moment, Kane doesn't really score from headers, Vardy doesn't really score from headers, and Sturridge probably a little bit more, but... The aerial threat's not really there. Um, so if they are chasing a late goal, I think Carroll would be a perfect uh, point of difference to bring on.
0: Cookson, why don't you think he should go?
2: Well, because you've got Danny Welbeck, he will go, Sturridge, Kane and Vardy, add in Rooney. And you can't really bring six strikers along to a tournament. Do, it's do you just think Rooney will feasible. still
0: go?
2: Yeah, he'll still go. He'll probably play number 10 and be captain.
0: It would be brave Roy Hodgson to take him when he's just been so utterly underwhelming. Um, the second he's half actually came season. back...
2: Well, he's come back pretty well, and his second half's been pretty good. I mean, he scored, I think, most of his goals, got injured, was in good touch, and then came back, and he's doing pretty good at number 10.
0: But The argument, I guess, was made that Sturridge was a debatable pick because of his injury and because of his lack of game time, and surely the same argument has to apply to Rooney. And you would think, especially of all seasons, this season has shown that picking players based on the club that they play for or or their names isn't necessarily the way to go when you look at the players at Leicester and how they're performing. Um, do you, and so so you think Welbeck will go as well?
2: Yeah, Welbeck always plays well for England. He's like, you know, Lucas Podolski, who can look bog average, can score fifty own goals for his club side, will turn into Diego Maradona come Euros. He's one of those weird players. And Rooney will go because, again, you're the captain of your national team. You do get a bit of additional privileges. I mean, it shouldn't be how it goes, but it's how it goes for every national team, really.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be a very interesting decision to see what the squad ends up looking like. But speaking of Welbeck, his side faces Norwich. Um, We've kind of talked about Sunderland and Newcastle's chances of staying up. But, I mean, at the end of the day... Norwich, with a game play- less played than Newcastle, are sitting there on 31 points, level on points with Sunderland, so they're as good a chance as any to stay up, but um, they'll need to be getting points in games like this against Arsenal, and, and do you guys see them, see any chance of them getting those points?
2: Norwich City, 2-0. Wow. Arsenal have been in been pretty shocking form, and this is precisely the type of game that Arsenal will lose. Shots.
1: Uh, I don't see them losing it. I think, I mean, their strike force is completely out of form. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. Welbeck's not doing anything. uh well, has been okay in recent times, but I mean, I don't think Norwich would be fearing him. Uh, and I mean, Giroud's problems are well documented. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Norwich winning it. I just can't see Norwich scoring it. I think Norwich's problem all season has been they don't really have a a quality striker that can kind of, um, like in the the Defoe mould, I guess, that you can kind of count on to to bang in their their goal or two um, when it's really needed. Is
0: Nasmyth?
1: It's, it's a Because good he, question. Uh, actually. He, he,
0: I haven't seen, seen like yeah, he seemed like a promising signing for them, and I think he scored against Liverpool in that crazy game that was what was it like five four or something like that. But I just haven't yeah. heard anything about him since then, except well, there was that incident against. Uh, who was it they played the other week where he, he tickled he tickled somebody's um... oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, region? Um, that's that's the only thing I've heard about him lately, but he's been quite underwhelming for them.
1: He has been, yeah. yeah. I've seen him a couple of games, but it's hard for those kind of players to come in mid-season and try and make a massive impact. He's a handy player, but he's not... Again, he's not a defoe. He's not going to win games off the back of his own boot most of the time. So he'll bob up with a goal or two every now and then. Um, And it'd be great for Norwich if they can do it this weekend. But I think, I suspect Arsenal probably through Sanchez or Ozil will probably score. Um, And then Norwich have got United straight after Arsenal as well. So Mm. it's certainly not looking good for them.
0: Absolutely. Um, Liverpool face Swansea away from home, but Liverpool have been in pretty decent form. They've they've got their Europa first leg against Villarreal uh, tomorrow morning, uh, so they might be rotating the squad for this one, and obviously Sacco will be missing during this uh, investigation into the alleged drug use. Um, do we see them... I mean, Swansea, Swansea and the other side have sort of put the queue in the rack for the season. Do we see Liverpool kind of just gliding past them, I suppose?
2: Yeah, probably 2 0 win. Swansea, they're already on holidays.
0: And Jets?
1: Uh, yeah, having watched Swansea on the weekend, they did look really poor. The only thing that might save them is uh, how um, rotated that Liverpool squad is. I, I made note of it um, on the boards uh, before the game that the Liverpool squad seemed quite um, not poor so much, but it did seem quite inexperienced at times. Uh, and they went ahead 2-0, but then I guess some of that showed as they leaked two goals. Um, and with Sacco out, you never know. They're going to have to back up. Uh, it, that would be the early Sunday game. And they do play tomorrow. Uh, probably still Liverpool, um, but I don't think that they'll smash them by any means. Uh,
0: we've then got the late game between City and Southampton. Um, well, I mean, Southampton have looked okay of late. They've they, got past Villa, though that doesn't really warrant much uh, praise these days but they've still eked out some pretty decent results lately and they're going to finish in a pretty impressive position Um, like well I mean they've pretty much finished above Chelsea now Um, do we see see them troubling City at all I mean City is still sort of fighting for that uh, third or fourth spot maybe even second spot if results go their way
2: I see Southampton winning this to be honest I mean, I reckon City will be too focused on Real Madrid next weekend, and I reckon they'll drop points.
0: Well, I mean, Kissa was saying on the board that it's likely that Aguero might be rested for this one, but a player that we haven't really touched on who has looked very impressive for City lately is Iannaccio. Uh who scored a couple of goals against Stoke, and he's really emerged as a decent strike alternative for them. I mean, bonnie has been quite underwhelming, but ianacho has been quite impressive. Um, Jets, do you see City getting up in this one?
1: Oh, it's a good question, isn't it? Southampton's a bit of a tough one to pick. They don't really have anything to play for anymore, but they're still... Uh, they, they certainly haven't put the queue in the rack like some other teams. Um, it'll be an interesting one with City. I guess it depends how much they rotate the squad as well um, because they really should be focusing on Madrid this week. If they can somehow get through uh, into a Champions League final, that's got to be the priority. But by the same token, they don't really want to give United a sniff at that top-four spot just in case they don't make, uh, or don't make the final. So... Um, through the season it's probably a game that City might have dropped but I think that they'll probably win this one
0: fair enough and then the final game for the weekend rounding it all out is Chelsea at home to Spurs Uh, and of course as we've touched on if Leicester don't get the win against United this is the game that might seal the title for Leicester Um, Chelsea you've kind of been quite vocal in saying that they're supporting Leicester for the title so uh, do we expect uh, a Spurs uh, loss in this one?
2: Yeah, I reckon Chelsea to win one nil.
0: Hazard's finally scored I mean, a couple it, of goals.
2: Yeah, I just reckon this is a game where you just Spurs will probably Spurs it up and Chelsea will just troll.
0: <laughs> oh, if Mourinho was still in charge for this one, it would be uh, could be quite an interesting one to view. But uh, obviously, since the part of the club, um, Jets. Do you reckon Chelsea will get the result in this one?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I think um, Spurs have been weakened with Ali missing through the suspension, and then uh, I don't think Eric Dyer is going to play either. So that's their two mid—that's their two key midfielders um, that are out, and I think Chelsea are up for it. I'm quite—I'm really glad that it hasn't. Well, I say that probably a little bit too early, but. Um, as long as we kind of win before we play Chelsea, I'm glad that that hasn't really come into it. I don't think that they would deliberately let us win or anything on the last game, but you, do, you don't really want to win it with that kind of hanging over the head a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm kind of glad that it's it looks like it will happen without kind of Chelsea's help. But I think Chelsea will still, I, I mean, it's still a rivalry year, so even without the title on the line, Chelsea will always want to win this, and Spurs haven't won at the bridge in 20-something years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I think Chelsea will do them. Um well, and I hope Chelsea
0: will do them, to be honest. Yeah, I think Wilson Raider said he was at the last uh, Spurs victory at the bridge and sounds like it was quite a while ago. So um, it would be interesting to see if Chelsea can get the win there. Um, any closing thoughts from you boys?
2: Renato Sanchez, pretty much soon to be confirmed.
0: Excited about that one?
2: Well, yes, yeah, seen from highlights videos and all that and against... I think Bayern Munich, he looked pretty good. A bit expensive, but hey, take quality, get quality.
0: Fair enough. Um, Jats, any, any closing thoughts as you approach what could be a pretty historic weekend?
2: Uh,
1: mostly go Leicester, but if not, go Chelsea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks very much, boys, for coming on. No Thank worries. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, I hope your team wins, and we'll see you on the forums.